You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, the Mets avoided a serious injury with Brandon Nemo, but he may still not be available for opening day. I'm going to discuss what the Mets will do without him in the first segment and how they'll round out that roster when it comes to the position players in the second segment. We'll look at the competition between David Peterson and Tyler McGill for the fifth starter spot, which seems to be Big Edge Peterson after Sunday's outing between the two. Then in the final segment, first couple roster cuts options, I should say, with Ronnie Mauricio and Joey Lucchese going down. We'll dive into the Mets' decisions there. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. To download the game, just visit UltimateBaseballGM.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game. Now, the Mets avoided serious injury over the weekend. On Friday, I believe it was, Brandon Nimmo comes up looking hobbled on a slide into second base. Apparently, he got spiked, he rolled his ankle, and his knee got injured on the play. It did not look good. After the Edwin Diaz situation, I think all of us were holding our breath. It felt like for a moment, oh my gosh, like you just lose one of the guys that was you know, your own free agent this offseason that you gave a nine-figure deal to, and here's the other one coming up hurt, a guy with a, a very vast injury past in Nemo. It, it looked horrible, and luckily the Mets avoided something that could have been way worse. Billy Epler called the injury a sprain to the ankle and the knee, that he's week-to-week week with this. Now, on Sunday, I just read that you know Nemo believes he still can make it by opening day. Almost every player will say that, though. That he's optimistic, he says he's feeling great, all that good stuff. I'd be pretty surprised if Brandon Nimmo's ready. Because if you think about it, if it's a week-to-week injury, and this is what we're hearing over the weekend, well, let's just say he's not doing anything this week, right? Well, now you're already up to opening day week. I mean, the 30th is opening day. So he would have to be 100% by that Monday to get out there in a couple of games and prove he's good to go. Uh, and I just don't see... The incentive to do that. I think that this is a situation where, look, if, if Nimmo is fine and healthy, of course, let him go. But I actually think the Mets can benefit from him starting the season on the IL because it would allow them to weigh some of their other options on this roster. This is a team that is in a roster crunch, okay? You have a guy like Darren Ruff, who I believe they should cut, and maybe we'll discuss that this week. But I think that there's really no purpose in including him on the roster over a Mark Vientos who could serve a similar role, but more importantly, a guy like Tim LaCastro who fits what this roster needs more, giving you defense and speed, giving you another option in center field, particularly with Nemo potentially hobbled to start the year. So, so that's one element to it. Now you also have Brett Beatty, 
who's pushing to make this team. Another podcast I think we're going to cover at some point this week here. I think he showed everything you have to do to win a job. He's been great defensively. He has been one of the better hitters in the entire Grapefruit League. Not that we're going to get overwhelmed by spring training stats, but when a kid who had an awesome season last year in A who graduated did make a, a cameo with the Mets, did spend a little bit of time, a small cup of coffee in AAA. Obviously, you can make the argument he could use more seasoning there, but if the defense looks good and the bat was already proven in the minors, I say you throw him out there and see what happens. So he is an option to make the opening day roster if the Mets have everyone healthy. And you count out the starting lineup with Cannon, Nemo, Marte, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo, Escobar potentially, your two catchers, Vogelback, and, and Tommy Pham. It all adds up to 12 players. There's only one spot available. So does that go to LaCastro? Does that go to Beatty? Does that go to Ruff? Does that go to Vientos? If Nimmo starts the season on the I.L. because you want to make sure this guy's 100% through the season, well, now you could bring two of those guys and you can weigh your options. You can see what Tommy Pham looks like for a couple of weeks, see what Tim LaCastro looks like and what type of a role he can serve, see if Brett Beatty, if he's your opening day third baseman, is going to handle that, look good defensively out there every day for a few weeks, can have competitive at-bats, or if he does need more seasoning and he just falls flat in his face, well, Nemo comes up and Beatty goes down. You can keep a guy like 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 LeCastro. Excuse me. <laughs> like, like, like. You can keep LeCastro on that bench as that defense speed option when Nemo returns. It just allows you to weigh things a little bit. And obviously, Nemo out. The Mets lineup suffers. But I think they can get by for a few weeks with Mark Hanna, Tommy Pham out there. And also, you can slide Jeff McNeil out to left a little bit play Guillaume some more at second base. I think they'd be fine that way. If Beatty's on the roster too, you could throw Escobar out there every once in a while at second base if you really wanted to. So uh, again, to me, if Brandon Nemo is completely healthy, obviously put him out there, but let's not have this guy nursing an ankle injury all year. That's something that, yes, you can play through, but if an extra week or two at the front of the season keeps this guy healthy so that he still gives you 140 of 100% healthy Nimmo instead of you know 130 uh, because he has to miss some spots throughout the year where he's also hobbled 85% Nimmo or even even if it's 155 games of 85% Nimmo I'd rather 140 games of 100% Nimmo so that's where I'm at with that injury we'll see ultimately if he's able to to make true on what he said this weekend uh, but I I would tend to believe the Mets will be cautious on him so we'll see what happens there. We'll also have to see how the Mets decide to shape up this rotation, and that's where we're going to discuss next. The latest, uh, McGill and Peterson both started on Sunday, and I think it will likely uh, lead to the Mets' decision to put Peterson in the rotation. I'm going to explain what happened next. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing a professional baseball franchise, well, your dream can come true This game is definitely for you. You'll get to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, lead your team to glory you're responsible for, hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline so you can play on the go as you want when you want once downloaded you don't need wi-fi to play 
It's all available in app play. Personally, as someone that has been a gamer my whole life, I've always loved to navigate a franchise mode on the PlayStation or Xbox, any of that good stuff. I've never had the ability to do it on my cell phone. So this has been amazing for me. I'm using it too much probably, but hey, it's a lot of fun. Take You got to take my word for it. You got to try this out. Locked on Mets listeners. You're also going to get 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code locked on the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code uh, if you're looking on the screen on YouTube. It's right there in the bottom right. Or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Check out Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty. The New York Mets have a real battle for the fifth spot in their starting rotation, and both of those guys took the hill on Sunday. David Peterson started the game. McGill was due to piggyback him. Peterson goes four innings, allowed just one hit, walked four, but also struck out eight. Did not allow a run. David Robertson comes in for the fifth, gives up a couple. Then it's McGill's turn. You would have thought to close out the game because, you know, you had Peterson go four, McGill try to match him, right? He comes in, pitches three and two-thirds, allowed six hits, walked five, only struck out two, six runs came across, only three of them were earned. But I'll tell you, really interesting situation in the eighth inning. And look, this is not me having watched the game. This is me looking through the box score. Seems like the Mets went to David Griffin with runners at the corners and two outs in the eighth inning. He got a fly out, and then McGill went back out for the ninth. So it could have been even worse for McGill. A couple of errors ultimately helped him for our, you know his spring training ERA. Right now it's sitting at three with four earned runs over 12 innings pitch, eight walks, eight strikeouts, 12 hits allowed. But, I mean, to get knocked around that way against you know the, the Cardinals at the later innings of the game where Peterson on the front end did, of course, walk four but only allowed one hit through spring so far in 12 innings. Peterson has allowed just one hit. He's walked eight, which is a little bit concerning because it's a guy who has in the past walked a lot of batters. But his stuff is just better than McGill's. He is not getting hit at all. One hit allowed again in 12 innings compared to 12 hits allowed by McGill. 13 strikeouts compared to eight for McGill. So he's striking out more batters. They're not squaring him up. Yes, he walks some, but his slider's nasty. His fastball's playing. I see no reason whatsoever that Tyler McGill is in the starting rotation come opening day. Would make no sense to me. The only way is the Mets went to a six-man rotation, and I don't believe they'll do that early in the season. Honestly, I would let McGill work on his stuff in Syracuse for a little bit. Send him down and and, and give him some time there to, to get right, to, to work on you know the extra pitch he had. The cutter, I believe, was the new pitch for him. You know, or no, it was a curveball, excuse me, curveball that he's adding in with his slider and his changeup. Work on your four-pitch mix. Get it down. He, he's talking about trying to, you know, conserve some of his velocity so it has it later in games. All of these things can be worked out as a starting pitcher in Syracuse. I don't think those are things you work on in the bullpen. And I also don't think those are things um, that he should work on ahead of Peterson in the rotation. To me, it's clear-cut. David Peterson should be in this rotation. Look at the other guys in camp. Max Scherzer is going to start an opening day. 
Saturday goes seven scoreless, eight strikeouts, four hits allowed, just one walk through 71 pitches, 52 being strikes. He has a 0.77 ERA across three starts uh, and 11 and two-third innings pitched. He looks to be in midseason form. So Scherzer looks great. Verlander looks great. Uh, his last timeout goes five scoreless with one walk, no hits allowed, eight strikeouts. He threw 71 pitches in that game. 1.59 ERA across his three starts this spring, 11 in a third innings pitched. Kodai Senga has made two starts in spring, last one on Thursday. Went three innings, one earned run, five strikeouts, 47 pitches in that game, 34 being for strikes. Seems like he's maybe a little bit behind as far as ramping up to a full workload. But I also think early in the season, he can be kind of a five and dive guy. Go through a lineup two times through, start the year, maybe ramping up to you know 75 pitches at the beginning and then eventually working his way fully into the rotation. I don't think that he's in real jeopardy of not starting the season with the club. Finally, you have Carlos Carrasco who's made four starts, up to 57 pitches for him, four innings pitched last time out. Uh, struck out seven in that game. He has a 4.15 ERA in uh, you know his 13 innings pitched. I imagine Carrasco as a veteran will be full go. And, and so if you have your three vets in Scherzer, Verlander, Carrasco that uh, look great, Peterson has his pitch count up. He's looking like a full go. And then Sanga, obviously, you got to manage a little bit. The question will just be, who's the long man in that bullpen? Uh, it will not be Joey Lucchese because he was optioned. We're going to discuss the guys that were sent down in just a minute here. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything you want, from the money line to the spread, betting on the NBA, you got all the different players you can bet on, the point scorers, three-pointers drained, all that good stuff. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. Bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the New York Mets made some roster moves over the weekend. Ronnie Mauricio and Joey Lucchese down to AAA. They've been optioned for Lucchese coming back from Tommy John. He made two appearances in uh, spring training, gave up four runs in two innings, four hits, three walks. He is going to be stretched out, it appears, in Syracuse. And if you need a start of this season, Joey Lucchese is a guy that you can go to. Now, also of that ilk, um, on minor league deals, I would say more veterans. You have Abraham Almonte and Jalen Davis that were reassigned to minor league camp. These are guys, again, on minor league deals. For Davis, hit 273 in spring, was pretty decent. Almonte, even better. OPS was well over 1,000. If you check out an article that John Flanagan wrote uh, for SNY, he noted those two stats. Uh, but he also notes that Almonte was dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, so he will, will be able to mend that a little bit in AAA um, minor league camp for those guys. Not that I think either of them was really in consideration to break camp with the big league club. 
The big news, though, Ronnie Mauricio no longer with the big guys. With uh, Lindor coming back, that makes some sense. He was the the talk of spring training early. He hit you know home runs in two of his first three games. That had another one. Uh, so what was his three of his first five games? He homered at the time. He was hitting 429 with a 500 on base percentage and a slugging percentage of over 1700. He was unbelievable. And we look at his numbers and how they ended up at the end. It was a 242 average, 286 on base, 636 slugging, which is a slash line that I think he could put up this season in the minor leagues. He had four home runs, 17 games. That's very impressive. Um, one double, eight runs driven in. But he struck out six times compared to two walks. Another thing I could see play out. And again, didn't get on base at a 300 clip. So that's the issue with Ryan Mauricio. It's, is he going to get on base? And look, he started great. Uh, but you look at some of these these stats here, there was a lot of offers down the stretch for him. Um, or one-hit games with singles. So, you know, he's still got a lot to work on. I don't think anyone really expected Ronnie Mauricio to break camp with the big league club. Uh, but, you know, he was able to showcase his stuff. I think he had some flashes that are enticing. The exit velocity that he can produce is remarkable. And, and that's why he's a top prospect. But there's still some holes in his game. So, uh, imagine he's the starting shortstop in Syracuse, and he'll probably be the starting shortstop in Syracuse all year unless a lot goes wrong at the big league level, to be completely honest, or if he's traded. I, I think that's what you're you're probably looking at here. He would have to really change his profile and have to show that he's not going to just come up and get exposed by big league pitching and get on base in a 270 clip while running into a couple homers uh, you know, when the, the pitching gets better for a guy like Mauricio who has so much chase in his game, uh, you know, that could be an issue. And I think at times, from what I've seen of Mauricio, you know, t- because the discipline isn't quite there, he might take, you know, a little bit early in counts and he can put himself into some holes and then he's got to try to swing his way out of it. So uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what the at-bats look like in Syracuse. We'll see what the defense looks like. We'll see where he's playing defensively. As I've mentioned before, if he's all shortstop and AAA, I don't think the Mets are viewing him as a viable option to be part of the big league roster this year because Lindor's the shortstop. I think if anything, you know, that would be the one awful scenario you never want to um, imagine happening, but you always have to prepare for. If the Mets needed a shortstop at the big league level, and you look at the overall organizational depth chart, and it's Guillaume and Danny Mendick behind Lindor, that's where the upside of Mauricio could eventually play in. But that is a scenario that we all hope does not play out, in which case we'll see what Ronnie does this year. I think he's definitely trending in the right direction. I think there is potentially a big role for him in 2024 if he can prove a lot this year. And um, you know maybe that's at third base. Maybe that's in a corner spot in the outfield. But for now... He's where he should be, um, and we'll just see what the other guys do here. We'll see uh, how much longer Alvarez stays up at big league camp. I think that's an option that will happen at some point this week, I'd imagine. And we wonder when or if a Beatty and or Vientos gets their option. Is that the end of spring? Is it one of them down? Is it both of them down? Which one is it if ultimately one of them does make the team? So a lot of decisions left to be made for the Mets as they wind down spring training here. We'll be covering all of them 
over at Locked On Mets. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets. First listen every day. Now for a second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball if you haven't drafted yet, or if you already have. Locked On Fantasy Baseball gives you all the information you need to win your league this year. All of the different players you should be targeting in the draft throughout the year, the waiver wire pickups you want. This is the place for you. Make sure you check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.